Hello and welcome to Hattrick. I'm Jordan Dollar Coltman, joined by Elliot Tanti and Braden Dollar Coltman. Boys, we are back. It has been a long summer break. Uh, most of the month of July here as we are at the uh, precipice of August, well into baseball season, well into off season. We're just at the beginning of NFL training camp. Uh, the CFL's halfway through its season. There are lots of the beginnings of, you know, NBA and NHL itchiness as you get close, ready for your team to start to get back out there. We're in arbitration season, all kinds of things to talk about. And of course, the Wayne's World Cup is going on down under. So we got lots we will discuss today, uh, lots to catch up on. Uh, so let's get right to it. Here's topic one. Okay, so as I said, we've been away for a little bit, so there's lots to cover. We might as well start with a kind of a blanket topic, one that gives us a uh, just a, you know, a, a a bit of a runway. We can kind of pick and choose how we want to deal with this baseball. Baseball is really the major sport of the summer in terms of uh, American television ratings and, and audience. And there's obviously lots of news. We're at about the trade deadline point of the season. Is that correct, Braden? This Tuesday. is where teams. Yeah. So the teams are getting ready to sort of make their final decisions about what they're going to do with their rosters as they prep for uh, the postseason, which is just around the corner only. Only another 400 games to be played before we get there, uh, because we all know how wonderfully long baseball is. But we'll start with Braden. Braden, you had a, uh, you went on a little bit of a road trip. You went down across the border uh, over here on the west coast to see the Blue Jays, along with thousands of fellow Canadians who like to make that yearly pilgrimage to see the Mariners. Uh, how was it this year round? You saw all three games from three different sections of uh, T-Mobile Park. Yeah, a pilgrimage. That's exactly the word I was going to use. It's like the the border is busy as all hell just trying to get down to see the Blue Jays. The Seattle itself is just littered <laughs> with Blue Jays jerseys and uh not only that it was it was it was between the Blue Jays fans and Taylor Swift was there that weekend. So it was like you you had like an army of Swifties and an army of Blue Jays fans just crashing in on this city. Apparently, they caused a 2.1 uh, magnitude on the Richter scale uh, earthquake in Seattle um, that weekend. It was fun. It was an absolute blast. I like um, your ter- your you guys Blue Jay fans want to take credit for that, but that was 100 percent the Swifties. Well, what's crazy was they were like in the same. I mean, Lumen Field is right next to T-Mobile, like it, and and the the time that the Jays game was getting out was at the same time that just droves of Swifties were marching towards their own beat uh, towards. So did, you, did you just hang out in the parking lot along with everybody else who couldn't get a no, Swift ticket? Go to, the, no. go to the like pirate think, merch stands that are I think there? if the Jays were able to pull off a couple more wins, uh, my energy would be enough to maintain staying around that area. But uh, sadly, no, they had... They had two uh, two very similar endings to the the first two games of the series. Um, there wasn't there wasn't any bad blood between the Taylor Swift fans and the the Jays fans. What was funny is they they didn't seem to know that there was baseball happening. The Swift fans, <laughs> um, but I, I actually think a lot of I mean it, it timed out well for them. They they had a lot of fans that were also going to the Swift concert. Uh, but no, I, I wouldn't say there's a lot of bad blood. I liked the joke, but they just shook nice. it off. Oh, <laughs> very good. Very um, good. You no, know, it was a good. It was it was lots of fun. It was it was lots of fun. It's loved. I just love to see so many fans come together for uh, an away game. Like it must feel really surreal. One for the Jays, like to have a home game completely on the other 
uh side of the country um and and then it must be completely just I mean, if I was a fan in my own ballpark, it would be absolutely horrendous to see what was well, going so on. That was part of the news story, because if you recall, before uh, the Blue Jays all arrived and all of their fans arrived, uh, there was a news story coming out about how the Mariners had set up a specific section of one of their team shops uh, with Blue Jays apparel to try to you know, make a little extra bank on the fact that they knew these people were descending. And then the Mariners players themselves tweeted out on, or I guess X'd out or whatever you're supposed to say now that Elon Musk has taken over or whatever that company is <laughs> called. But they shared on social media their displeasure yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the fact that this was happening. And then they took it down. But to me, it's just like the economic like oh the value i mean yeah. has to be so much higher for the mariners like yeah don't those players wouldn't those players like to argue for a little bit more in arbitration when they when it comes around considering the fact that their team could have probably banked a little bit extra money selling blue jays gear like that's just stupid not to do it you've it's got silly. all of these people arriving you might as well like take their money before they and you know you. i walked into every team store and and vocalized my displeasure for how there were no jays jerseys anywhere <laughs> it, just, it is dumb because economically you know you have this opportunity anyway you'd sell you'd sell but you and you you, sh- you should really be doing this in every ballpark there should be a, an opposite fan like a fan opportunity well, and i go, i mean ballpark. i get it if it's like if you're dealing with like blue jays and yankees or blue jays and red Sox or like someone who's like more of a regional rivalry where it doesn't necessarily happen like this but this is specific yeah, to like seattle wide. this has always been like this the blue jays yeah. fans from the west coast and frankly all over the country this is one of those destinations where it's close enough. You can go see a Blue Jays game. It's much cheaper than flying to Toronto. Uh, well, anyway. It, and yeah, it begs the question too, like c- could they support a baseball team in Western Canada? Probably not, but the, but, but you've got enough close enough at hand that, you know, you're kind of there. Uh, let Elliot, let's let you get in on this because you've been awfully quiet over there. Uh, you weren't able to travel to see your San Diego Padres recently, but t- tell us about how you've been handling the, this season so far. Now, remembering that when we set you up last year to become a, a Padres fan, you did say at the time that you were also going to remain a Blue Jays fan. Now, has that waned? Like, it feels like you've got a little bit more all in on the Padres part of it. Yeah, I would say, you know, they played against each other this year and my Padres uh, beat the crap out of uh, your guys' Blue Jays and I loved every minute of it. Your guys' whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, well. I don't have allegiances to any of these teams. He's talking to our fans. He's talking to our listeners. No, but sticking on the Taylor, sticking on the Taylor Swift uh, this isn't a Taylor then, Swift topic. Yeah, it's, it been a cru- I, I, it's been a cruel summer for our. Uh... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's this is a team that uh, has not up until today had not won more than three games in a row all season was basically a 500 team and has remained Jeez. a 500 team. It's incredible. They have lost. They are 0 and 11, I believe. They might be 0 and 12 in games that go to extra innings. They have not won a game in extra innings all year. So it's just there's this really interesting debate going on in San Diego with the Padres right now, where is this all going to shake out in the wash and everything's going to return back to the statistical means and the Padres are going to be the team that everyone thinks they should be and could be and will be? Or are we running out of time here and is it time to sell, sell, sell? They've AJ Preller and the rest of the management team in <clears throat> San Diego have 24 hours to make that decision, essentially. And it's an ongoing conversation, and rightfully so. I think, you know, they just swept the Texans, one of the best teams in the league, 
Um, so maybe that's the sign of hope that we need that, you know, management needs to go and add a piece here or there. It's just been, they've been consistently inconsistent and it's been a very surprising year. I think for a lot of baseball fans across the league who expect Tatis playing. Yeah. Tatis is playing. He was slow out of the gate after his suspension. He's no longer on steroids. Well, he left quite a blank space on that team. (laughs) Okay. He did that. He did. But can we talk about anti-heroes for a second? You know what? No, it's no. I think people would would argue. I think people would argue that Tatis is getting, you know, the karma he deserves. Oh, you're muted now too. Okay. This is going to be, no, I muted you both. You're literally muted. Okay. This is a new segment. No, No, we need to talk about No, 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 no. We need to talk about the, I'm muting you. I'm muting you. Okay, this is a new segment Jordan's going to introduce here called just, I'm just going to talk now. Here's the thing. I, I shake can't it do, off, Jordan. Braden, enough. I can't do it. Okay, I actually do have something I want to talk about baseball related, and this is rare. So give me a moment here, and 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 uh, and, and I'll have, uh, I'll, I'll, we'll see whether or not I know what the hell I'm talking about. But here's what I know. I watched uh, the highlights from a baseball, a series of baseball games, I should say, that had me sitting there and pondering a very simple thing about like, where was I when kind of moment where like you're thinking to yourself, you know, occasionally you see something extraordinary. You see a moment in sports that you're kind of like, wow, I, I'm really glad I got to witness this moment. I remember, you know, a few years ago watching, you know, for example, uh, American Pharaoh win the triple crown. And you're sitting to yourself being like, this is something that very rarely happens, like dozens and dozens of years. You go back a few more years, the Cubs winning the world series. People literally lived a hundred years and never saw it happen. And Shohei Otani, is without question one of the most special athletes any of us will ever see in our lifetimes. He's and, the best player in baseball. Well, he might very well be the best athlete alive at this moment. And I'm going to okay. make my case for why I think that's the truth. Not only is he playing both positions, pitching and uh, hitting, and doing so at the highest level possible, he pitched a one-hit shutout in the first of a game of a double header. The same day. Now, to do that, I want you to just for a second think about the physical toll of what that is to be a starting pitcher. He threw almost 100 pitches. The guy is out there in like almost 40 degree weather because it's also the middle of July and it's freaking hot out there in full baseball equipment. All of the things it's hot, all of the factors that go into that, the physical toll on your body. And then less than an hour and a half later, he steps up to the plate in the second game and Hits two home runs yeah. in a major league ballpark against yeah. major league baseball players. He does both of these two things in the same day. Like yeah. that is unbelievable. And it's not, don't compare him to Babe Ruth. Don't compare him to anybody like that because they are completely different animals, completely different athletes. Babe Ruth, for the record, never hit and pitched at the same time. That was the other thing. He pitched and then over time he became a really good hitter. And then he did both things in his career and his statistics over time were phenomenal at both positions. This man is having, he is on pace right now to, to, to break Babe Ruth's home run record. He might catch Aaron judge from last year. He's on pace for that as well for the season home run record at the same time as being one of the most efficient and effective starting pitchers in the league. It's insane. And I just think that as a sports fan, regardless of how you feel about any of these sports, like, 
enjoy it, watch it, be aware of this moment because we are watching like we, you know, you throw the term around unicorn all the time in sports, but like this guy is, there's no equivalency to this. None at all. Okay. So you talk about unicorn and you think about some of the great unicorns and for our listeners, if they don't know the term, essentially that means a diamond in the rough, like someone, one of a kind, somebody who does something absolutely exceptional in, in, Many of those other unicorns had trouble with injury. Fine. But the point being still that none of them were able to do like the closest equivalent I can think of is Bo Jackson. Right. My point to this is if they continue to push him the way he is, he hit, he hit a home run after that in that, in that game, his third at bat, he strained his back. Like sure. they, 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 this he could go just, really, really poorly yeah, for him at, at the same time. Could. If it they push could. him and they don't, if they don't, you know, yes, yep. he can do all of the amazing things. The sad thing with the Los Angeles Angels right now, and and this came out in the series against the Jays after Matt Chapman screamed at John Schneider and said, why the hell are we hitting to this guy or pitching to this guy? He's the only effing guy on their team who can hit. The sad thing is he's in a position right now where he has no support around him. So they are going to push him to the max to be where they are. The angels have been notoriously bad since. So do the angels trade him? Well, this is the thing with major league baseball right now where you can, you can be at the bottom of the barrel, like the Padres for a moment. And then that you could, you could get hot and all of a sudden you're back in contention. These series are, they mean everything. So are the angels really in a position to go on a run? They put him on. They put him on the market, and I think Baltimore was interested. Baltimore has everything that they could need to to make a trade for him. Uh, I mean, everyone in Major League Baseball wants this guy and would give up everything to have him. Um, and so then, then they why took haven't him. they been able to move him? Well, he's a, he's a he's a free agent at the end of the year. They don't know if he's going to sign. But I but but they didn't. They held on to him and they said, no, we're gonna make a push for the for this guy. They they traded for Giolito and another arm. They're they're trying to prove to him that they have what it takes, they can do this. And their opportunity this last series against the Jays was to do that, and they lost both their opening games. They lost two of their other starting outfielders. One got beamed in the head. Um like this team is just notoriously bad for injury. I, I don't know I don't know how the Angels are going to make it to the playoffs and unfortunately they're they're in a position now that they could lose the best player for nothing. I mean I think the problem here is if you trade for him, you know what Brayden's been talking about is the risk. You have to, if you're trading for him, you're giving up a lot of assets. You're going to have to sign him for a lot of money, and there's the concern that you know he gets pushed too hard, and how long is he going to last, and how yeah, long or you don't. Yeah, what gamble is that going to be? Right, trade for him, and you go on a run this one year, you win a World Series, and then who gives a but, shit? Where you go? But for what you have yeah, to give sure. up, it's not worth it. And that's the problem. I don't, well, and that's the challenge. Like, look at look at the Padres again. Juan Soto, they traded. How much did they give away? Pretty much their entire farm team. Yeah, and now he's back on the trade market. Yeah, essentially. Essentially, that's what can happen if it doesn't go, if it doesn't work. Okay. Well, really quickly before we're done, there was a trade for the Blue Jays. Do you want to just give us your take on that trade, Braden, before we yeah. wrap this topic up? Yeah. The Jays, they don't have a lot to move the other way, uh, but they were able to pull in uh, Jordan Hicks, right handed pitcher reliever from the St. Louis Cardinals. Nobody really knows about this guy. He's had some difficulty with injury the last two years. He was arguably the best reliever on the market. This guy throws. Okay, here's this fun stat. The top 15 hardest pitches 
in the game this year by speed velocity uh all belong to this guy a hundred and three miles an hour he was the 15th fastest pitch his fastest pitch 104.2 miles an hour like this guy has Nolan ryan crazy heat yeah the only challenge is going to be control when you throw that fast you want to make sure it actually hits the strike zone now with the strike zone this will be another topic for another day but we definitely need to talk about the absolute inconsistency that is the umpires in major league baseball because it's absurd Didn't we talk about robo umps before well, I'm becoming more and more interested in the idea of it, and I think the rest of the baseball would agree with me. Yeah, but Jordan right. Hicks, well, man, that, that best thing about like Jordan Hicks, you day. guys, he's a type one diabetic. We are all in support of type one diabetics here on this show. Not me. Yeah. I hate. <laughs> all right, that's enough for that. That's that's topic one. Hey, football fans! The Ordinary Podcasting Network is very excited to welcome back for its second season, running down the clock. Presented by Puya Ricey and Tyler Walzak. These two football fans will sit down with you every Thursday of the NFL schedule to talk football. You can subscribe to Running Down the Clock anywhere you get your podcast. All right. Let's go down under for our second topic of the week. Now, we are recording this at about 10, 15 p.m. Pacific. That's what, 11, 15 Mountain Time. For those listening there. So we are fully aware we're about to talk about a topic that will be out of date by probably the time you listen to this on your Monday morning commute, because uh, we're going to talk about the World Cup, the Women's World Cup taking place right now down in Australia. And uh, the Canadian women will face the hosts, Australia, in the middle of the night here. Uh, they'll be playing at about 3 or 4 a.m., depending on or 2 or 3 a.m., I guess. 2 a.m. Pacific, 3 a.m. Centered. There's no way I'm waking up for this. You know why? Because I am staying up for it. There you go. There you go. So let's talk about it so far. They're wrapping up the um, group stage of this tournament. Now, uh, Canada drew uh, against Nigeria. They beat Ireland. And now, as I say, they're playing Australia. It's been a bit of an up and down group stage for them. Uh, And obviously, like all World Cup tournaments, when... uh, ever you have a team that isn't sort of just coming out of the gates hot and has to sort of figure their their way out. There's always a lot of second guessing and question marks. And should this person be on the bench and should this place person be starting all of those kind of things. And obviously Canada will be looking to have a bit more of a decisive win here against the host to move into the knockout stage with a few less question marks over their heads. Elliot, uh, they had a lot of question marks over their heads going into this tournament. Um, do you think that's been a factor in how this team has performed? Or do you think that there was, as has been rumored, a deal already in place that just hadn't been announced because they were ironing out the final pieces? Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, I, I think the other thing that also helped is that it seemed like every soccer federation and women's team was mad at their federation heading into this event. And there was a lot of conversations around the compensation of female athletes in this sport and how poorly uh consistently poorly these federations are across the con- uh, the world um you know i'm not going to speculate on whether there's a deal or not i would say that that yeah that's a distraction that's coming up but i think you've also undersold the fact that they are in what is this year's group of death in terms of the caliber of teams in their group and you know there are four definitely three teams that are very strong and uh and so you know a lot rides on this tonight um and you know we'll be cheering for them i believe a draw is good enough for them to get in um so that's what we can hope for 
because I don't think that uh, Nigeria is going to lose to to the Irish. But just, I just want to comment, like, sort of more overall on this t- tournament. I, I've been on vacation, and so I've had a lot of time in the early mornings and afternoons to watch games, uh, have them on in the background while doing laundry, making dinner, those types of things. And I am just continue to be so impressed with the caliber of play that is going on in this tournament right now, how exciting the games are, the quality of goals, the quality of competition and matches, the passion. In some ways, you know, it's it's I find it almost more bearable to watch than the men's version of this this tournament in that like they're playing through every whistle, but there's none of the rolling around, the diving, the trying to get penalties or calls in the in the zones. It's they, they play hard and play through. And man, I saw a fiery one between the Netherlands and the, the U.S. this week that um, I thought was almost going to end up in blows. It's just good, passionate, exciting uh, soccer and. Uh, I would just encourage anyone, if you haven't had a chance to take spend some time watching anything, per- particularly these games in the coming days that will be deciding groups, and then once we get into the knockout stages, it's really, really worth spending some time watching if you can. Uh, Braden, have you been uh, watching the soccer? I've been keeping up a little bit, especially just kind of the last couple of Canada games. But it's been fun to see some of the teams that haven't really, you know, had an opportunity on this stage. I'm thinking the Philippines and, you know, Zambia, uh, even even seeing a team like Haiti or Panama on, on this stage. It's, it's a lot of fun to see. For sure. And as Elliot said, I think that the, the biggest storyline obviously coming in was this fight between the women and the and the soccer Canada, a fight that, of course, w- was an extension of a fight that the men also had going into their World Cup, just about the mismanagement and sort of bureaucratic nightmare that it, the soccer Canada has has been and is and remains to be. And, and the women seeking that fair and equal compensation, but also just sort of some clarity on how this system was going to continue to evolve and get better. Um, but this has been the tournament from Canada's perspective, it's kind of been like the elusive one. We've, we've seen them very successful at Olympics. And obviously most recently uh, they are the defending gold medal champions of the Olympics. Um, But previous world cup appearances have been really frustrating and disappointing for Canada. I mean, obviously a few years back here in Vancouver, um, lots of expectations, high expectations and a much younger uh, group of veterans, uh, some of the more familiar names to some uh, older soccer fans um because for a lot of us you know like we've seen a, a large portion of the veterans of of women's canadian women's soccer kind of grow up in front of our eyes if you think back to the like um u18 tournament that was held in edmonton back in like 2002 where we really had like the coming out party for christine sinclair and melissa tancredi and sophie schmidt and a lot of these and 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 even you know other women who ended up retiring before you know we really saw them reach the pinnacle of the gold medal uh in in um where was it uh, south korea um no where was the last olympics it wasn't south korea was it was it uh no i don't think that's so. the last winter olympics it doesn't really matter where they were uh the point is the same um but the the fact that we've seen you know someone like christine sinclair and and, and this would be the final kind of piece of of the puzzle for what has been the the, probably the best female soccer career internationally um of our lifetimes and to have her be able to put that final you know check mark on the resume i think would be really important that's why she's still there most of her peers most of the players she grew up playing with are retired and done and moved on uh 
to less um, arduous uh, choices career-wise because it's not easy at you know uh, the age she is at to continue to compete with a lot of these young, faster, stronger uh, women who, in many cases, looked up to her as as a role model in their own uh, pursuit of it. So that'll be interesting. The big piece of the puzzle, as I say, they've got to get through Australia, as, as Elliot said, it's a draw or a win to advance, um, and then you know we see what the next steps are. Uh, in terms of what else is there. But I like the idea that, you know, this tournament is happening at a time of the year when there's a little bit more attention on it, which is good. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to compete with quite as many additional things. Um, So hopefully uh, the ratings are up for it. Hopefully it's continuing to draw attention. It's always challenging in North America when you have a major sporting event like the Olympics or the World Cup happening in like Australia or the Pacific Rim, just time zone wise, as, as we already joked about here. It's like, you know, you have to be committed to want to watch this live. Um, and it's tricky in the modern world of social media not to have it spoiled for you when you wake up in the morning uh, if you've intended to PVR it. So uh, that's unfortunate, but that is also just a reality of where the sport is. And let's be fair, um, the probably the best female soccer player currently in the game is Australian in Kerr. So it makes sense that they're hosting it. It's a big part of, you know, the the, the importance of a global sport like that. But, you know, it's a, it's it's the only sort of, blemish on what otherwise probably would be a, a ratings boom i think considering the current climate around uh, what else is going on any final thoughts on that elliot yeah i mean i think the last thing i would say too is i think australia and uh, new zealand have done a great job of hosting it, it seems like the events are really up to to par and really well attended and um uh, there's passion there. So, you know, I think that that's also really important is that it's the, they're getting the due and the pomp and circumstance that they deserve, that this is the same as the men's side, at least to the extent that they can. <clears throat> and that's good. I'm glad to see that as well, too. Sadly, New Zealand does become the first ever host nation ousted in the group stage. Uh, is that men or women? Can't be men. The men's I think, tournament. I think it's just the women's. Yeah, because it's just the women's. Didn't Qatar just get knocked out in the first round too much? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's just women's. Fair enough. Well, uh, we will probably, you will probably know before you've even heard this, the results of Canada, Australia. So we won't talk about the next steps of it until next weekend. Uh, but obviously, at this point in time, we wish them all the best and hope for uh, uh, a good outing against the host Australians. All right, that's topic two. Hey, if you're a fan of Formula One, then I've got the perfect podcast for you. The Pit Stop Podcast, presented by the Ordinary Podcasting Network. After every single race of the Formula One schedule, Jordan and Tyler will break it down, give you some news, analysis, insight, before answering your questions and setting you up for the next race. That's the Pit Stop Podcast, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, um... We're going to play a game. Elliot always loves it when we play games. So because we've been off for this uh, extended window, I thought we should play a game. But this is a new game. It's a brand new game we're introducing. It's like the the old classic drinking game, True Truths and a Lie. So it's very simple. I'm going to give you each a turn. I'm going to name three sports teams. You are going to tell me (laughs) which one of these three is not the real name of an actual sports team because there are some ridiculous names out there for some sports teams. We've got three different categories today. Um, We, we have a minor league baseball category. We have a minor hockey hockey category, (sighs) and then we have a college sports category. All right. So because uh, Elliot, you are our um, resident uh, 
favorite game playing member of the no, panel. No, I'm not. I hate this. Yeah, so you will you get to go first, okay? Elliot, let me ask you a quick question. Are you ready for it? Yes. This is dumb. I'm going to lose. Okay, here here they are. So I'm going to read you the three names and then you can work through for yourself which of these three names is not a real minor league baseball team. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. We have the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Mm. We have the St. Paul Pit Spitters. And we have the Amarillo Sod Poodles. Okay, can you read the first one again? You cut off. The Rocket City Trash Pandas. Why didn't they call them Rocket City Raccoons? That's that's real. That's real. I know that one to be real. Yeah, you follow that team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, how are they doing this year? (laughs) Really struggling. Haven't won more than three games in a row. Okay, so the Rocket City Trash Pandas, Elliot believes to be real. The other two, again, are the St. Paul Pit Spitters and Mm -hmm. the Amarillo Sod Poodles. So what the hell is a pit spitter? What is the it hell a- is a sod poodle? A pit I'm spitter? Think- pit spitter is like, uh, like you eat a peach and you spit out the pit. Or uh, yeah, no, okay, okay, okay. And then the second was the armorillo. The amarillo sod poodles. I'm gonna <laughs> go. I'm gonna go with the sod poodles being real because it's just ridiculous enough. I'll say the pit spitters are the fake one. You are correct, Elliot. Well done. So here's the thing. I took two real things and put them together for the fake one. There is Mm. a team called the Pit Spitters. They're just not from St. Paul. Um, So the the St. Paul Pit Spitters is not a real team, but the I just thought Pit Spitters was so funny. There is apparently a real minor league sport. I don't know. Uh, But the Pit Spitters was was the name of a real minor league baseball team. The Amarillo Sod Poodles are real. And apparently a Sod Poodle is a nickname for a gopher. Well, you know, the Edmonton Riverhawks are going by the Edmonton Talus Balls this year. Only home games. Every couple games, yes. No, every every single No, that is not true, Braden. You are spreading disinformation. No, it is not. It's like every Friday night they do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Every single game I go to. (laughs) Okay, are you ready, Braden? Oh, I can't wait. I love all these. Are you? You you get minor league hockey. All right, all right. Okay, here's what we have for you. Are you ready? Yes. We have the Plymouth Ice Hounds. We have yeah, the okay. Orlando Solar Bears. Yeah. And we real. have the Shiverport Mudbugs. Okay. Well, Shiverport's not a real place. So, <laughs> what? The Mudbugs? The Shiverport Mudbugs. Shiverport Mudbugs. Shiver, not shitter. Shiverport. Shiverport Mudbugs. And the what was Shiverport, the... Shiverport Mudbugs, the Orlando <laughs> Solar Bears. And the Plymouth Ice Hounds. Okay, well, let's go with the let's go with the I. Oh God, I want them all to be real. Okay, I'll go with the mud bugs because that's just ridiculous. But if that's real, I want a jersey. Mud bugs are real. (laughs) They are real. Their logo is a crawfish. (laughs) Mud bug. That's a mud bug. Apparently. Uh, the Plymouth Ice Hounds. I just made up. Uh, that one was the one that sounded the most real. I know. I'm good at this. All right. Are you ready? 
this is going to, you're going to have to work this through together. Okay. Okay. So last category, these are all college, uh, div one, I should mention college, uh, athletics departments, not necessarily football or hockey. Like certain programs might be better at certain sports, basketball, whatever, but these are the three of them. Are you ready? Okay. We have the Kent state golden flashes, the St. Mary's maniacs and the Presbyterian blue hose. Blue hose from the Presbyterians. You're telling me the blue the Presbyterians call it, their team name is the Blue Hose. The yes. Blue Hose? How is how is hose spelled? Is it like pantyhose? <laughs> how is how is H O S E hose? It's just a hose. Blue hose. I thought that was something completely different. God, where are they from? Give me one more time. Yeah, what's the origin? Okay, we have the Kent State Golden Flashes. The St. Mary's Maniacs and the Presbyterian Blue Hose. I feel like Kent State is something. Kent State, because I think yeah. Kent State. Is, wait, this isn't even mine. Good luck, buddy. No, no, no. This is both of you working out together. together. This is the last oh, category. This, I'm pretty I sure Kent, Kent State, State has a different team name. That's what I was thinking too. That's why yeah. I was going to go with Kent State. Yeah. What's the second one again? The uh, Kent State, The St. Mary's Maniacs. St. Mary's. St. Mary's Maniacs. Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably yeah, that checks. That's well, hold on a second. Saint, that's a Catholic school called the Maniacs. Well, and you've also got the Presbyterian Blue Hose, so I wouldn't be putting too much weight on that. So none of them are real. Uh, well, one of them is not real. Two of them. I think are we should go with Kent State. Real. Yeah, I I, let's go with Kent State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kent ding, State ding, is a hundred percent real. Oh, no, man. the Kent State Golden Flashes. Golden flashers, flashes. Oh, goodness gracious! Okay, let's Presbyterian this blue hose. Not real, hundred percent real. What the heck? I made up Saint Mary's maniacs. Yeah, see that? I, I did check the Presbyterian out. blue hose you know, has to be one of the strangest names of anything I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I just want to know what what type of hose are we referring to? Like garden hose or pantyhose? Well, or what's the logo? I I don't know. I just have the name in front of me. You'll have to Google hose. it at home just and be careful how you spell it. The... <laughs> I'll give you oh, a close runner one. up. This almost made the list, but I took it off once I found the Kent State Golden Flashes because I knew it would trick you. I was going to go with the Delaware Fighting Blue Hens. Oh, wow. Blue Hens. All right. So that is our new Wait, game. Is that called... it? Yeah, that's oh it. That's man, there's so many good ones. Like I know. The Santa Wait, hey, Bananas Braden, we have another game. What about the we, Carolina we play this game again? Turkeys or whatever. I like this game more than other games. Okay, we can play this game again. That's not a high. It stand. needs a name. Maybe yeah, we'll throw that yeah. out to our listeners. Yeah, Help us maybe, name uh, this game. It can't just be two truths and a lie. It's got to well, be. Well, you kept else. saying, "Are you ready for it?" Which is another Taylor Swift. Uh, so <laughs> very good very good um all right look that was a lot of fun thank you Braden. thank you elliot uh as you probably heard throughout this show already with the two commercial breaks we have two big shows for you elsewhere on the network this week the pit stop podcast has its last episode before the summer break so lots of that coming at you on tuesday and then the return for the second season of running down the clock the Ordinary Podcasting Network's NFL show returns. Tyler Walzak and his buddy Puya Ricey will sit down with you every Thursday to talk football uh, throughout the NFL season. They are going to do some preview shows leading up through training camp and into um, 
the preseason. So don't miss that. They return uh, anywhere you get your podcast this Thursday. If you want to learn more about that show, this show, or the Pit Stop Podcast, you can do so at ordinarypodcasts.com. Until next week, thank you, Braden. Thank you, Elliot. That was Hatrick. Hatrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.